This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Laravel News Podcast. This is episode 87. Thanks so 88. much for tuning in. This is episode I am once 88. Again joined by Still the amazing 88. 88. This is episode 88. It is episode 88. Yeah. <laughs> we just talked about this. Oh, my. Literally just. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm joined by my constant companion, good friend, Australian mate, Mr. Michael Dorinda. Hello, I have finally made it back home. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. Finally home. Your country did not want me to escape. They were intent on keeping me. You returned to your fictional country. In my fictional country, yeah. So I'm really, I'm just in LA where they film Australia. Yep. Yep, yep. Must be a nice life. I mean, how is it? Like, do you, you know, is it like a movie star life? What's it like? Yeah, it's warm, warm all year round. Never have any rain. We have the occasional earthquake, but other than that, we're good. Oh, I'm talking about in LA. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you are. That's what yeah. you're talking about. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. behind you. I'm behind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're still. Okay. Anyway, hey, you know what? This should actually be a pretty quick show today. We've only got like five items on the docket today. So it's been... Oh, well, you know what, though? We're going to... Last year, last week. Yeah. We had Laracon last week. So there was not a whole lot yep. of news. Eric was, you know doing his thing he put the recap out for laracon pretty quickly after the after the conference which is good um but not a lot going on you know taylor and and the whole laravel team was was in new york so they were checking in on pull requests but not a lot of actual development went on i don't think taylor announced amongst other things you know laravel 6 is coming with semantic versioning support and we've got laravel vapors coming but um, among other things he announced a new member joining the the laravel team in james brooks who's based in the uk so congratulations to him on taking up a new position with with the company and and coming on board to to do his bit for the open source community so welcome james was james there um, I don't believe he was, no. Okay. You confused me because you said the Laracon team was there or the Laravel team was there. And I was like, oh, was James there? Because yeah. I, I don't think I've met him before. It no, was cool so Dries uh, was there and... Uh, yeah, oh, and of well, course, really um, Dries and Mohammed Taylor. And there, so. Mohammed yeah. has a hard time uh, entering the, the country, of course. And yeah, so James is new and hopefully Mohammed makes it across at some stage. So yeah, we'll get there. Yep. Had a similar thing. So like... Um, Wilbur Powery, shout out Wilbur, who now works for Wilbur, the company I work for. Yeah, we couldn't. He was he was all scheduled to go to Laracon and everything too, and couldn't get a pass or couldn't get a visa. It was yeah, ridiculous. that's unfortunate. Really difficult. Yeah. yeah, it's seriously a huge bummer. So anyway, next year, next year. Okay, hey, you yeah. know what? Why don't we start about start talking about Laracon? It was a great year. I would say for me, the best Laracon I've been to so far, which is saying a lot because this was number six. Out you, of seven. You've been right? to most of them, haven't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All but one. So this was the best one I've been to. Uh, it was really, really fun. Um, I think it helped that you were here this yeah. year. Last year you weren't here, which really sucked. That was pretty tough. Yeah. That was pretty tough. I cried myself to sleep most nights. And, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't blame you, to be honest. 
<laughs> no, but it was really good. So I was trying to think about like, what are some of the things that made it good? So we had it in New York two years ago, actually. And I felt like the venue last the two years ago when we were in New York City was quite a bit smaller. Uh, I was a little bit more cramped. And so it was sort of difficult to find people like it just felt like mm-hmm. you were constantly in like a crowd, you know. And so, yeah, it was it was a little bit different. I liked Chicago a lot last year, but it was a little more spread out. So you had some people who were kind of staying further south in Chicago. And then you had other people who were staying around like Millennium Park, that area in Chicago. Yeah. And so it was difficult. There was no like common meeting place really other than the venue, which people didn't yeah. really stay at for all that long. So, but this year, everything was right around Times Square, everything, not just the venue hotel or not, you know, not just like the event hotel, but like the venue was right there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I walked across the street so from my hotel, it took me like two minutes to get to the venue. Like I walked down the street and we were right there. And you would just walk through a tunnel and then we'd walk down the street and the, the venue was right there. So it was super nice because yep. like everything we did was like within a like five block, maybe 10 block radius of Times Square. Yeah, definitely. And we'd like randomly run into people from Laracon like on the street, which in New York mm-hmm. City, which was kind of insane. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was lots of fun. Um, it was good to to be there to see everyone. Yeah. Everything was within walking distance. Yeah, it was nice because you know I've, last year I couldn't get there because because Eli was born, and this year I was very lucky to to get out to the conference. But Re has said you know make the most of it because it's not happening <laughs> again. <laughs> so so all all going well. We'll we'll have uh, hopefully another another addition to our family next year. No announcements. No announcements. It's no, oh, it's not an announcement. Oh, but you know, all going. You know, we would we would like sure, sure, to have sure. a second one. So all going well. Yep. That'll be a thing next year, and then it'll it'll probably be a while. So I'm going to need all of you all to make the effort to come out to Sydney in future. Thank you yep. very much. Absolutely, they're kind of you. Yeah, 2020 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or 2019, either or. All <laughs> of the above. Yeah, it'll come this okay. year. Come next year. Yeah. On the on the uh, topic of Laracon, um, so what did you think about the half hour time slots this year? I really enjoyed the the half hour slots. I think there were a couple of talks that I wasn't not to say any of the talks were bad, but there were a couple of talks that I wasn't as interested in, and so the half hour time slot meant just as my attention was fading, the the talk was over. So yeah, that that was good from that perspective. It meant that people really got into their talks. Um, a lot quicker there was less of the vanity stuff talking about you know this is where i work and this is where i'm from and this is all you know all that kind of stuff that was very quick at the start or the end of the presentation and then it was you know 30 minutes of content because you had to get your message across so um i i really like that format we're going to do the same thing for laracon au in in october um and I'm, i'm actually sending out the invitations to the speakers that's what i was doing just before we jumped on the call so yeah that's all all ticking along Hopefully it all goes well for us this year as well. I feel like the with like the half hour time slots too. So it used to be like you'd have a 45 minute or 50 minute time slot and they'd finish in a half hour. So they'd be like, okay, so uh, we're finished a little bit early. So I think we have time for questions. And then you have yeah. like 10 minutes of people awkwardly trying to explain themselves over a no microphone, just like from the crowd yeah. and the you know speaker just trying to answer like some super specific question that doesn't apply to anybody else. That's always the disaster. So yeah, no, I think everything tricky. moved 
yeah, everything was kept on moving. And like you said, like if there was something you weren't interested in, like no, no problem. It was over in a half hour. Yeah. Justin Jackson, of course, did a great job again this year, kind of emceeing the event, moving things along, keeping us entertained in the transitions, playing games, doing talent contests, which, oh my word, some yeah. super awkward moments in that one, but it was pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. I was, it, was, really yeah, it, was, it was good to do something different. And yeah, as you say, Justin did a really good job at emceeing and, and keeping everything moving and um, and keeping the audience engaged between presentations. Like he didn't just go up there and introduce the speakers. It was about, you know, actually running the event. So uh, yeah. I've I've taken some notes for for when I have to do the same thing in uh, in Sydney. Yep. So um, uh, I'm not going to speak, but you're just going to fly me out to MC the event. Is that what we're doing? Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, sure. I'll fly you out as long as you pay. That's not, not a problem. <laughs> yep. Sounds good. Let's do it. Cool. Uh, okay. So in addition to the talks, there was a lot of stuff released that is not in our notes to talk about today on the Laravel news stuff. So I figured we could talk about some of those. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six of them. Uh, I thought we could kind of just quick skim over those and kind of talk about some of the things that were announced. Yeah. You talked about the one, which was Laravel six. Maybe you could talk just briefly about that kind of like what what that is yeah so the, I, I guess the biggest thing with laravel 6 is that there's not going to be a whole heap of breaking changes the you know laravel has historically followed a a paradigm major minor version structure it's never followed semantic versioning so realistically the only thing that changes from a developer perspective here is that we are going to start using semantic versioning and following that major minor patch structure making it more clear to consumers of of the framework you know when to expect things changing and when to expect things breaking and things like that but for all intents and purposes moving from laravel 5.8 to version 6 is not going to be a breaking change based on the information that we've got available now Um, it's really just about bringing in that new versioning scheme and then that signifies Laravel following that moving forward. So whether or not we continue to see the same six monthly release cycle and, you know, when the next version of Laravel comes out in February, whether that means that's going to be version seven or if that's going to be version 6.1 or 6.7 or whatever we happen to be at based on whatever changes happen in the next six months, I, I, I don't know, but you know, whether or not we see a major version every six months is is another thing. You know, Symphony has followed semantic versioning for a long time and they don't necessarily have a new major version. So the major version really just signifies a, a change in the shift of, of how we're going to do that. And along with the new version, for those of us that have been around the community for a while, each major version of Laravel has typically brought a new brand or a new feel to the, the framework and, and the you know, the websites and the stuff around it. So that's what we're going to see here. There's a new Laravel logo, which I have on my desk here. Hello, this little fella. There it is. This is the there new, it is. It's a beaut. it's inverted. Um, so this is the new Laravel logo. There's a new website. The docs have been done. They'll be responsive for those of you who, for whatever reason, are, are viewing the Laravel docs from your phones. <laughs> um, so all, all of that. Or happening. iPads. Or iPads, yeah. So... All of that stuff's happening as part of this new release. So Taylor um, spent a lot of time and, and invested into, you know, having a, I think it was, was it Focus Labs was the name of the, yep. the agency Focus that was Labs. responsible yeah, you got for, it. yeah, for, for doing the new branding. So um, a lot of work has gone into it. 
So we look forward to that. I'm sure people have seen, you know, screenshots and things like that around the place. I think Taylor said he was going to try and get the new website and the new docs out ahead of version six of Laravel, which we're expecting typically around Laracon EU. So we'll see that later sure. this yeah. month. Yeah, I was really impressed. I think that it's all super well done. Of course, Taylor's always been very concerned with like the um, graphical elements of Laravel, which is something I think that's kind of helped to set it apart as well. Uh, it's just always like a super polished feel and a super polished brand to Laravel. So uh, this was no different, but this is probably the largest change for the website mm-hmm. in hmm, probably a long time, quite a while, quite a while. Since like so. version two, I would have thought. Version two, version yeah. three, maybe. Yeah. Number of years at least. Yeah. So a lot of changes there. So yeah, looking really good. I was excited that uh, we got new shirts this year that were not Laracon shirts, but they were Laravel shirts, right? So Laravel mm-hmm. 6 shirts. Uh, so that's pretty yep. cool. I like that a lot. Yep. Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, we also had Vapor. That was the other biggest thing that was released. So Vapor is a serverless deployment and management tool for your Laravel applications. It mm-hmm. is Laravel specific. It is not general PHP at all. It is Laravel specific. So if you are interested in doing serverless deployments and managing serverless servers, that's not even a thing, serverless stuff. Applications. Sites, yeah. Serverless applications. Thank you. Yeah, then Vapor is uh, Vapor is the thing you want to be looking at. So this uses, it ties in really, really tightly with AWS Lambda. And if I said I understood all of it, I would be lying Uh, But what I do know is that it auto scales and it's managed for you, right? So no more OS updates, uh, none of that stuff. That's all handled for you. Auto scaling, it uses all of the AWS services behind the scenes. Uh, So it uses RDS, it uses... um, It's using using Redis. It's using Redis, Redis. yep. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, I think Um, it's using DynamoDB out of the box. That's it, DynamoDB, thank you. But if you need something more readily available and more scalable than you've got the uh, Elasticache Redis clusters available as, as part of, you know, they're available via AWS for you. So I think the, the, the most, sorry. Go, yeah. Yeah. You're right. All the things you have to tie in manually. Uh, normally you basically can just set up through the, through the console. So you can say, Hey, I want a new, I want a bigger database server and it will provision it for you straight there. And then um, you can do the same thing with all the other services. So, mm-hmm. you know, SCS, simple email sending. Uh, of course, you have S3 for all your file storage and uh, all that stuff. So managing your ENVs is actually much simpler as well with Vapor because it handles all of that. Like any of those keys that need to be brought in into your config or uh, into your ENV that are going to be used in your config, those are all managed by Vapor. So your ENV stuff ends up being probably like five or six lines, just like third-party stuff that you're going to end up using. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. So it seems very um, it lets you fall in love with the whole thing. Like most importantly, what's the word? Th- what's enterprise? Enterprise. Enterprise. Thank you. It's enterprise ready, right? It scales yeah. to enterprise level. Most importantly, the biggest problem that I mean, because PHP is only relatively recently supported in the whole AWS Lambda infrastructure, but I think most importantly about the way that Taylor has managed to build this is that you don't have to change the way that you build your Laravel applications to deploy into a serverless infrastructure. So you build a Laravel application for Vapor in exactly the same way as you've been building Laravel applications up until now. And it will it will handle, you know, all of your scheduled tasks, all of your queue jobs, all of your databases, all of that kind of stuff will be managed for you. It'll do domains, it'll do DNS, it'll handle setting up 
all of your DKIMs and your, you know, SPF records and things like that to make sure mail works. It will handle um, cloud storage via S3. There's a package that Taylor built in terms of, you know, it's a JavaScript component that you can throw into your app that will handle uploading directly from the browser straight into S3 without touching the server. So typically you would um, upload the file to your server and then your server would upload into S3. So you've got that sort of two-staged approach, which is obviously slower than uploading from the client directly into S3. Um, but it provides you metrics and CloudFront management. It gives you multiple environments so you could have unique URLs for your staging and development environments. It allows you to do rolling back your entire application. You can do point-in-time restoration of of databases. Um, like down to the second. Yeah, down down to the second. It allow you know, it's part of it'll integrate tightly with your you know your current build pipeline. So if you're using um, GitLab or if you're using something like Chipper CI, um, thanks to you know the, at uh, David Hempel and and Chris Fidel, Taylor showed off the integration of Vapor into the Chipper CI build and test pipeline. So you just add it as another step. And once all your tests pass and your build finishes, it will deploy directly from there into your Vapor infrastructure. So it manages as many projects and as many deployments as you want. Um, there's no restrictions around that. You can you've got teams, and then and basically, there's a there's a monthly fee for Vapor itself. So it's thirty nine dollars per month, which will give you the access to Vapor, um, or there's an annual option, and then you just plug in your AWS credentials, and then you pay AWS whatever AWS charges directly to them. So you get your monthly account from Vapor for the management of all of the infrastructure and the and the serverless environment. And then you just pay um, AWS, whatever it costs there. And I think the way that it it's billed for, for the first 1 million requests or something like that, you don't pay anything, you know, inside of the the Lambda free tier. So there's a good chance that you, you won't end up paying anything for a while, depending on the size of your application. Obviously, for those of you that are running, you know, $2.50 or $5 a month virtual private servers through Vulture or Linode or whatever, this may not necessarily be the right thing for you because you're going, you know, straight away from $5 a month to, you know, $40, $50, $60 a month once you start including your database. But if you're at the scale and you're ready to go, then, you know, Vapor is certainly something that's really cool. But as I said, unlimited projects, unlimited deployments, uh, you've got teams, all of that stuff is built in from the start. If you're if you're interested in checking out, it's not quite ready yet. Um, jump on the mailing list at vapor.laravel.com, and Taylor's going to start getting a few people in. I think he said he wanted to get a hundred or so people in to an early access just to test everything out, make sure everything's working um, before launching later this month around Laracon EU. So definitely check it out. If you want to know more about sort of the technical side of Vapor and things like that, there's the Laracon US talk is up online already. There's an episode of Full Stack Radio. We'll link these up in the show notes that you can check out. And I think Taylor said, you know, he spent 45 or 50 minutes or so at Laracon US talking about Vapor. He didn't cover everything. Um, so things like uh, warm booting your instances and, and basically it will just keep these things alive so you don't ever, ever have that cold boot um, unless you get a sudden spike in, in visitors to your site. But I, I think he said in the Full Stack Radio episode that he'll probably talk more about Vapor at Laracon EU as well. So definitely look to that to check that out at some stage or, you know, later this month when when that happens. So, I, look, it's a really cool project. I, I don't think it'll be for everyone, but it there's, there's nothing like this out there currently for any language or any framework. 
and and the fact that Taylor's been able to kind of build Vapor as the creator of Laravel, it's been easy for him to tightly integrate and like sneak little bits and pieces in needed to make it work. So it's a it's a really cool project, and and if it's for you, definitely check it out because I think it's uh, you know it certainly takes away the need to ever have to worry about managing servers and server infrastructure and security updates and patching PHP versions and things like that. So check it out. Sounds good. Thanks, dude. That was awesome. I learned something mm. from that. That was amazing. It was almost like you had notes beside you or something. <laughs> Just scrolling through the website. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of Chipper, so Chipper was one of the things that he showed off. So he was, you know, it doesn't, um, it handles all the deployments and those things, but obviously like Vapor doesn't handle like running your tests and those sorts of things. So yeah. Chipper was something that, you, like you said, David Hemphill and Chris Fidal have created that is basically a test runner and a piece that you would integrate into your continuous integration pipeline so that you can run all of your PHP unit tests and your Dusk tests really simply for your Laravel application, as well as any other custom scripts that you'd need to run. Uh, so uh, we got a little peek at that, and basically you can kind of inject at any point uh, what you'd like to do. So it comes with, hey, let's go ahead and run PHP unit. Let's go ahead and run uh, the Dusk tests. But then after all those pass, you can say, uh, go ahead and send a deploy command over to to Vapor. And so it makes it really, really simple yep. to integrate there. And seems like a really, really nice, easy workflow. And I think that's the entire point, right? It's not like there are other, aren't other solutions yeah. out there for this. And as I was talking to David, he even said as much. He's like, you know, if you have a solution that you're happy with, we're not like trying to solve every problem for everybody. But if like you're building a typical Laravel application and you're going to want to do these things, this is a really good tool for you. It's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing tool for people who aren't currently doing continuous integration and want to get started because. Michael, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. Like getting started in that space can be really annoying until you figure it out. Yeah. And then just basically you're copying and pasting your config for every app that you're building, uh, you know, into yeah. the new repo so that you can bring over all the, the hard learned, learned lessons that you had from the last time you did it uh, and maybe making mm -hmm. some small tweaks. But with Chipper, it seems like it's going to be pretty painless and really simple to integrate into your applications. So I think they have a sign-up list for that right now. It's actually open to paid, like paid beta. Is it a paid beta? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, I think so. We'll, um, I'll, we'll speak to the guys and see if we can get a link in the show notes to sign up for that. I think most importantly with Chipper is that it is built specifically for Laravel. So, you know, we've got Travis and we've got GitLab and you, and you can make all these things work. And as you said, Jake, people tend to just copy and paste their pipeline configurations from one project to the other. The biggest selling point for Chipper is that it is built specifically for Laravel. So it's got all of the, the Laravel specific. It makes the assumptions about how your projects are built. And that way you just drop your application in there and off it goes. So when when they were in a earlier alpha, I was working a bit with with Chris to sort of tweak it a little bit to give some extra functionality that we need for our sort of not really standard Laravel applications. And there was it was not far off. Like we got it working pretty quickly. But critically, you just point your repo at it, you you push your commits up to it and it'll it'll run the the commits. And I found it to be significantly faster than running through GitLab or through Travis or anything like that. So definitely check it out if you know you want to get some kind of continuous integration up and running, but you're not really sure how. You don't want to spend the time configuring GitLab. Being able to automatically run your test every time you push changes up to make sure that your code does actually work in a different environment is is really key to having a robust application. So 
definitely check it out. We'll get links in the show notes for Chipper as well. Yeah, they do have it. It is available to be signed up for right now. So it's uh, app.tripperci.com slash register. So it's $40 a month, but it comes with a 14-day free trial. So there's unlimited projects, unlimited team members, and one concurrent build currently. Uh, but they said they can increase that. I know Tom Schlick was reaching out to them, and he said, we want like two concurrent builds. And they said, no problem. We can customize that. So it's set yeah. to be one concurrent build by default, but they can change it up for you and, um, you know, change some billing uh, accordingly. So, yep, looks really, really cool. So that's Chipper. Wanted to take a quick minute to thank Rollbar for sponsoring this week of the Laravel News Podcast. So what is Rollbar? Well, Rollbar is an error tracking solution that makes it really easy to record and debug errors that occur in your Laravel applications. So in the past, the job of bug discovery and reporting was sort of left up to your users, but with Rollbar, you can instantly know when Laravel errors occur and how to fix them. One of the ways that Rollbar does this is by offering integrations with a large variety of platforms so you can be alerted in a way that makes sense for your team's workflow. So if your team uses Slack, Rollbar can provide interactive notifications to give you real-time insights and actions to take on those errors, all without leaving your chat window. If you use GitHub, you can see which releases of your code are causing errors and automatically resolve bugs in Rollbar on deploys of new code. Uh, They have integrations with Jira, Bitbucket, Trello, and they also allow you to build your own integrations using webhooks. Another thing that Rollbar does is it provides visibility into your errors. One of my favorite things is the impact tracking that it does, which allows you to see the errors that are occurring most frequently and for which users. So once you have that information, you can look and see which errors are occurring by browser, by OS, by user. With each one of those, you also get a stack trace that contains the request data that came in. And there's another interesting feature called telemetry, which allows you to look at all the browser events that happened for your user leading up to the error that occurred. One of my favorite things about Rollbar is that it's super easy to set up. So you install the library using Composer, you paste a config into your logging, and you're all set to go. They've got a really generous free plan as well as a free 14-day trial of paid plans, and you can go sign up for Rollbar by visiting rollbar.com. Thanks to Rollbar for sponsoring the show. Uh, we also had a couple of things that were released during talks. So there's, I know, at least two sort of course offerings, one by uh, Jonathan Rennick, which was eloquent, uh, his eloquent course that he's building. So two years ago, he did a talk at Laracon Online about eloquent and basically pulling back the covers on some of the way that he does his queries in there. And I was blown away by how he how he's using that tool. And he had some amazing code, basically the way that he was writing his queries that was so much different than the way that I was writing mine and so much more efficient mm. and just like, cleaner way cleaner and i remember thinking at that point like if he had a course for this i would totally pay for that and so he came again this year and and basically built an application on stage where he was demoing here's the different types of things you need to be aware of when you're you know eager loading n plus one isn't the only thing you need to be worrying about there's also these hydrated models that you need to look at and that contributes to like memory usage and in response from the server. And so he he basically wrote a plugin for Laravel debug bar that was showing how many models were being hydrated. And it was pretty eye-opening, really. That's it's a number it's a metric I've never looked yeah. at. But you know, a lot of times you look at those queries in debug bar and you can see the memory going up, but you're not exactly sure why. Or like I'm handling all the N plus ones, but why is this yeah. happening? So he showed um, a couple cool tricks that you can use to get around those those problems. And then basically again kind of launched this course that he's saying this is going to be released in the near future here. So we'll put that up in the show notes. But uh, that was one of them. The other one was Christoph uh, Rumfell. And he, I'm trying to remember the name of his. Was it like 
Laravel Core Adventures. That's it. Yeah, it's like Laravel Core Adventures Pro. Uh, so he has Laravel Core Adventures, mm-hmm. and he's had that for a while, but um, he's basically making a new pro offering. Uh, so that was released as well. We'll make sure we get a link to that in the show notes. And actually, I'm sorry, when I say it's released, I don't, I don't know if it's actually released. I think it's coming. I don't know if it's actually out there yet, but at least an email list for sure. Yeah, there's definitely a whole whole bunch of free videos that he's published previously. And I'm not sure if the pro is available. I think I think it is available now. So that gives you a whole lot of extra. It's, it's three hours of additional videos. Um, you get a sticker pack. Um, and it and it really helps you to, you know, master Laravel's core. So definitely check that out. There's some upcoming videos around notifications and testing. So I, I, as you said, we'll have links for that in the show notes. And that was his talk as well. Actually, he he did that through. Uh, he kind of took like three different pieces of the core of Laravel and explained how mm-hmm. they worked. That was pretty interesting. Um, he did a really good job with that. So yeah. no doubt he'll do the same with his course offerings as well. Yeah. The, uh, the other really cool thing that was announced at Laracon was by Caleb Pozio, and that was the Livewire framework. He's He's been on this like spiritual journey, this sabbatical, whatever <laughs> that he took when he, when he left Titan earlier in the year and he started building this Livewire project, which is like, it's like a Phoenix, it was an Elixir or something that had a, a similar thing yeah. where essentially you can have reactivity between your views and your backend without writing any javascript i don't know how it all works i think it's all very magical and until i saw his presentation at laracon i wasn't really sold on the whole concept but goodness me if i don't have to write any more javascript for the rest of my life i will be happy so it's it's hard to explain exactly what this is but basically think of it this way if you are predominantly a backend developer and you do not enjoy writing JavaScript, then I think you should definitely have a look at Livewire at least and just see how it gives you all of that reactivity. You know, say that you wanted to, you were building a Twitter clone, for example, and you have like a an input to send a new tweet. And when you hit submit, it sends an Ajax request and then it, you know, pushes the the content of that tweet into an object, you know, an array of, of tweets, and then it pushes that into the page. Well, think about doing all of that without having to write the JavaScript side of things, and it all just works. And to be honest, not only not only not have to write the JavaScript things, but avoid writing a lot of the the server-side things too. Because like, think about it, you're not creating an endpoint either. There is no controller. It's just a component. Yeah. Like the component handles Correct. the endpoint that would need to be used it handles all of that. It just pipes it through to this component that you're using, and then you can do anything you want. So, like, you can do your eloquent, you know, create in there, and you're done. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. There's no controller. Yep. And then I think the other thing that's really exciting about too is his the testing story on this thing is amazing. He's that's like he wrote it so that these things are very simple to test. So you don't have to set up Jest to do snapshot testing and all this craziness. Like, it's just built in. You can run it with PHP unit. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's really, really nice. Yeah. So definitely check it out. I was that. I don't know that anyone else announced anything. I know that Matt Stauffer announced onramp.dev, mm-hmm. which yep, yep. is a project that he wants to take to the community in terms of getting people that are not. So Laravel has always been really good at getting PHP developers into the framework. That's that's simple because you have a base understanding of Laravel, uh, of of PHP rather. 
But what Matt's wanting to do with OnRamp is to bring people who are not PHP developers and teach them how to, you know, teach them the basics of PHP and then teach them in, to get into Laravel. So this is talking about folks that have done boot camps or they're, you know, just interested in, in building something themselves and not really knowing where to begin. So this is about getting someone who's not familiar with PHP at all confident and skilled enough to be able to work with the Laravel framework. So that's going to be a community project. It's going to form part of the Laravel podcast season four, where he's going to go through each of these different topics around HTML and basic conditionals and, and the, you know, the language itself and, and some of the, you know, lower level beginner type stuff about learning PHP and getting right through into being able to use Laravel. And then obviously you've got things like Laracast and you've got Laravel up and running the book now as well, which is in its second edition that, that you can, you know, take that the next step. Cause we've got all of those intermediate to advanced resources for Laravel, but nothing really to bridge the gap from nothing to Laravel. So I think this is a really cool initiative and it'll be interesting to see how it takes shape over the next 12 months or so. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of things that are assumed knowledge that you just, it's kind of like, if you have kids and they come home and they have like their math book and they're like, Hey, how do I do this thing? And you're like, Oh man, like I know how to do that, but I'm having a really hard time explaining to you how to do that. Like how does division work? It's like, I know Mm -hmm. division, but trying to explain it to you is very difficult uh, because I just know in my head. And so it's, it's like that where like, if you're trying to teach a junior developer and they don't know Git yet, it's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't really have a great way to explain it. This is just, you should just know this by now, right? And so there's a lot of this assumed knowledge um, yep. that you kind of have to have in order to be able to get a get a job, right? And that's what it says here. It's like the tech concepts you should know in order to get a job as a Laravel developer. So enabling people to be able yep. to do that. And so there's like a, you know, it's a decent list here of uh, links to articles or videos that you can watch that you need to be up on. Basic terminal commands, HTML, CSS, mm-hmm. Git, local PHP environment, beginning PHP, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so that was pretty awesome. And then there's a couple other things on back burners right now that other people have not announced yet, but have kind of been teasing. I know like uh, Frake is uh, teasing some stuff online uh, right now, which they'll hopefully be revealing at Laracon EU. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Renek has always also been working on inertia. He's been talking about that a little bit on Twitter. So yeah, there's just so much stuff going on right now. Kind of crazy, but exciting time to be a part of the Laravel community. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. We've got... Let's see, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that we really want to talk about. I don't really think that there is. Oh, one other thing. Laravel Cloud Source, the source code on yes. GitHub. It's now on the black it market. It came, it went. Yeah. And now it's on the black market. So the source for Laravel Cloud. So Laravel Cloud was actually something that Taylor showed off at um, Laracon New York City the last time. The last time we were in New York City. There was like, he didn't really talk 17. about it. He just did it, right? He just kind of did he it just used from it, the yeah. command line. It was just yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was actually a fully fleshed out application. And so what he's done is he's released the source code for it online, or he did for a day, I think. And then there was yeah. enough trolls. Yeah. Not and, even. Not even. And there was enough yeah. trolls Jerks. and people out there that Jerks were just... Jerks on the internet. Yeah, all that. Uh, that he basically pulled it back off the off of uh, GitHub. But there's a lot of forks out there. So if you're interested, you could probably find one. Uh, maybe we'll put a link to one in the show notes that you can fork off of. Nope, Michael's like, nope, we're not doing that. Okay, we won't do that. No. You'll have to go Sorry, find it yourself. You blew it. 
You blew yep. it. All of you. No, here's the deal. The people who listen to this show would not have blown it. It's all the people who don't. Well, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, you can thank the people out there that are not nice. That's right. Um, we don't have any non-nice listeners. Yeah, it, all of our listeners are great no. people. But if if you happen upon this, it, look, it's a good insight into what a Laravel application that was built by Taylor as the creator of the framework looks like. And it was really good from a learning perspective in terms of testing and how he structures his application and how he structures his code and, you know, all that kind of stuff. If you do find it, there is no front end for it. This is all back end stuff. It's all API driven. So it's not like you're going to be pilfering it and then selling it as your own thing, which is which he expressly forbade. He said, this is for your review. Do not deploy it. Do not use it. Do not sell it in any way unless you ask for my permission first. Although Yaz, a.k.a. Ninja Parade said, hey, I'm releasing this new thing called Laravel Cloud. If anybody's interested, I'm having <laughs> signups starting whenever, whatever. That was funny. Okay, so two things. One thing I forgot to mention for Vapor is that it also has a command line utility, which allows you to do literally everything that you can do in the UI, but from the command line. That's super dope. Yeah. Second thing. Yeah is that if you go look at Laravel Cloud source code, make sure it's a really good day for you because you'll be depressed that your code does not look that clean once you get done looking at his because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is a complex application and it still looks like it's just so squeaky freaking clean. Like there is no yep. garbage anywhere. It's like no. there's there's yep. nowhere as looking through it, there's nowhere I'm like, oh, this is the spot where he was like, to do, come back to this in a month and refactor it. It's all done. Like everything looks so Mm-hmm. polished oh it makes me sick oh, we are not worthy good job taylor way to go we don't we don't deserve it and look now we don't have it so no we don't it's all gone anyway let's not end on that note though that's that a, is, that's a sad note let's not end on that no. note. let's end on a happy note uh what's the happy note that we're ending on we're done you don't no i mean the happy note is i guess that there is a laravel version 5.8.30 was released with a new assert session has input method along with all the latest changes and fixes it's a big release so make sure you check out the full change log but there are a few little things that will hit here before we go the first of there are two new testing methods added for convenience an option and an option adjacent for making http option requests well, that's nice. Next, we have new migration methods available for UUID morphs, which take care of creating columns necessary for the type, the UUID field, and an index. The mail tran- uh, sorry, the mailgun transport class now has the capability of setting the endpoint if you need to switch domains and API endpoints. So, if you want to send application, uh, if you want to send emails on behalf of multiple tenants of your application, you can do that nice and easily. The WebP MIME type is now valid in the built-in image validation rule. And as I said at the top of this segment, the new assert session has input test method was added to the test response class. With this new method, you can avoid writing horrible test assertions based on internal names of flashed session data. Um, We've now got support for custom Redis driver. Um, Check out pull request 29275 if you want to know more about that specifically. And the last new feature that we're going to hit up is column collation support has been added in PostgreSQL. So you can check out the columns section under column modifiers in the docs for more details. Um, the full list of fixes are below uh, in the link that we'll put in the show notes. But that is all from us. This was a less newsy, more of a recap kind of episode of Laracon US 2019. If you do get the chance to attend a Laracon, whether that be Laracon US next year or Laracon EU 
either in either of the the main EU conference coming up in August or the Laracon South, which was held in Madrid this year. Or please come and visit us out in Australia sometime. Um, I know it's a long way to go, but it's a beautiful place to be in in the middle of spring, and not too many creatures of deadly origin will be around at that time. Except thanks for those also drop bears. to this ep- <laughs> well, the drop bears are year round creatures. Yeah. Um, thanks also to this episode's sponsor, Rollbar. Believe this is well, it's at least the first time since you and I have taken over the yeah true. The reins of the show that Rollbar has sponsored. So we thank them and encourage you to check them out. And other than that, we will be back here in two weeks. Absolutely. And thanks to to everybody who stopped to say hi at Laracon. It was really nice meeting all of you. Uh, super cool to be able to put a face with some of the names that we've seen on Twitter, just saying hi and reaching out. So thanks so much for stopping and saying hi. This was episode 88. If you'd like to find show notes for this episode, you can find them at laravel-news.com slash podcast slash 88. Of course, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Michael Dorinda at Jake Bennett or I'm sorry, at Jacob Bennett or at Laravel News. Thanks so much for listening. Rate us up if you want. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.